Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to one and all to the Holy Week services here from First Baptist Church. We're so glad that you decided to tune in and take part in these Holy Week services. My name is Elliot Bing, and I have been blessed to pastor the Philip Grove Baptist Church right here in Waynesboro, Georgia. Listen, we'll be here all week, every day this week at 12 noon. So mark it on your calendars. Make sure you join us as each day we will have a different minister, a different guest minister, bringing God's word to you for this Passion Week. Amen. If you would join me in opening prayer, our Father which art in heaven, Lord, we thank you today simply for being who you are, the author, the finisher, and the creator of all of us. And now, Lord, as we come together, we gather together corporately this week to celebrate what we know as Passion Week, the week leading up to the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that your spirit will bless these services this week, that you will open up every heart and mind that they may receive what thus says the Lord. We pray and ask blessings upon every pastor, minister that will preach your word this week, anoint their lips and their tongue as they say what thus says the Lord. We thank you now for everything that you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. Most importantly, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died that we may have eternal life. Bless now as only you can is our prayer. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Our text for this morning will come from the 22nd chapter of the gospel as recorded by Luke. And for the sake of time, we won't read the entire text. Today we'll be coming from the 7th verse down to the 23rd verse. And so I encourage you uh, on your own free time as you go back to review the message from today to read that entire chapter uh, with us, uh, specifically verses 7 through 23, which will encompass the text for our message today. But I do, and I would like to focus in uh, on just a couple of verses. I'm going to uh, uh, reference several of them, but uh, I want to read right now uh, just a few uh, verses more specifically, uh, I'm going to read verses 17 through uh, verse 19. And there it says, then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. Gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. For just a few moments today, 
I want to talk to you from the title uh, for this text. This title comes in the form of a question. And that question simply is, what is your passion? What is your passion? My brothers and my sisters, most, if not all of us, are passionate about something or someone. It may be a hobby. It may be a cause. It may be family or a significant other. But all of us, if we were honest with ourselves, are very passionate about something. I ask this question because I want you to consider this this morning, this afternoon, that if you are truly passionate about something and we look at your actions and tell where your passion lies, ask yourself that question. Is what I'm passionate about show up in my actions? I believe this afternoon that whatever or whoever we are passionate about, there'll be certain characteristics or actions that will show our love, our adoration, and our commitment to the thing that we are passionate about. It's interesting. We have dubbed and called this week The week that leads up to Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, Passion Week. We call it Passion Week because I believe that if we begin with Jesus' triumphant entry to Jerusalem, all the events that happened during that week, Jesus' passion for you and for me was on full display. All throughout the week, we could see the love that he has for you and for me. Through the actions that Jesus showed that week, we can see his adoration for us, God's creation. Most importantly, despite what he went through in that week, we see just how committed Jesus was to doing God's will for you and for me. We were and continue to be Jesus's passion. We see it more specifically here. In Luke's gospel, where Luke writes about when Jesus instituted what we know as the Lord's Supper. 
I, I believe that when we, we look at this institution and, and, and this first supper, what, uh, we see Jesus' passion on full display. And I wonder if we look and we find and we see what Jesus did, and we say that we do the same thing when it comes to the things or the people that we are passionate about. While there are many ways that Jesus shows his love, his adoration, and his commitment to us, I want to focus on three things in the text today that shows just how passionate Jesus was about you and me. There were three, three things that Jesus shows us, three things that he made clear. And when we're passionate about, we too will show. The first thing I see in this text, we see the passion of Jesus in that when we're passionate about something, we want to be in continual fellowship with them. Look and pay close attention to verse 15. There in the 15th verse, Jesus says, Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You see, I believe that when we are truly passionate about something, or someone, we want to spend as much time as we can with the object of our passion. I think back my time when I began to feel those feelings of love toward this beautiful young lady from the middle of Illinois. You all may know her as First Lady Andrea Bing, but I can remember when I began to fall in love that I was so passionate that there wasn't a day, a moment, a minute that I didn't want to be with her. Passion does that to you. Here in the text, we see Jesus displaying his fervent desire to be with his disciples. I want to make it clear that, that Jesus' passion toward us caused him to not only uh, want to be in fellowship with us, but in verses 7 through 14, we see that when, you, when you're passionate about something or someone, you prepare to be able to fellowship with them. I marvel at how Luke Laid this out. Luke talks about in verse 7, he says, Then the day of unleavened bread came, and the Passover had to be killed. And, 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 and watch in verse 8 where he says, that He sent Peter and John, and, and he said, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. Jesus made preparations to be able to fellowship with the disciples. This moment was going to be so intimate that Jesus made sure he took care of every detail. Find it interesting 
that Jesus gave Peter and John the instructions. The instructions were so detailed. And he said, when you enter the city, you're going to meet a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him and say these words. The teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Where are the preparations that have been made so that I can fellowship with the ones I am passionate about? And just as Jesus said, Peter and John found them. That way. I point that out because so many times we declare we're passionate about a thing, but we make no preparations to fellowship or to spend time with the thing we're passionate about. Fellowshipping is at the center of someone or something that you love. Spending time being with that person is at the heart passion. When you're truly passionate, you're going to make time and preparations to fellowship with that person or that thing. Jesus made these preparations. And I want to say to you today that he's so passionate about, about us that he says he's looking forward to the day when the same supper that he took part in with the disciples, he looks forward to doing it with you and with me. John tells us, Jesus says, John quotes Jesus as saying, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, he says, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So even now, Jesus' passion is causing him to make preparations for a day And we will fellowship with him in heaven. But not only are you, do you make preparations to fellowship with the thing you're passionate about. When you're passionate about something, I also believe that you sacrifice in order to be with or for or on the behalf of the thing you're passionate about. Look at verse 15. After he proclaims with fervent desire, he's desired to eat this Passover with us before he suffers. Then, as you look at verse 19, Bible says that Jesus gave us a beautiful picture of the sacrifice that he was about to make on behalf of all of us. Verse 19 says, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Likewise, he took the cup, verse 20 says, after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus made clear through this beautiful picture that because he was so passionate about us, he was willing to sacrifice his body, to be broken so that ours would not have to be. Jesus made clear and he said, take the cup. This cup represents a new covenant. No longer will the sacrifice of animals be required. But instead, my blood will establish a new covenant. I will sacrifice my blood. Shed my precious blood. So that yours won't have to be shed. Jesus' passion for us moved him to do something that so many of us even now have difficulty wrapping our heads around. And I believe this to be the case because oh so often when I talk to some of the very people who proclaim their love for God, it amazes me how little they're willing to sacrifice for the one that they claim they love. Ask yourself that question this afternoon. Am I willing to sacrifice whatever is required to show my love, my adoration, and my commitment to the one that I claim I love? We should not only make time to fellowship, but we ought to sacrifice anything that comes between us and full fellowship with our Father. That's what true passion does. It amazes me how oftentimes we as Christians allow things to keep us from truly, truly committing ourselves to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It amazes me that we don't fully understand what he sacrificed. We're not willing to sacrifice the same things. Breaks my heart to see all of the things that so many of us as Christians allow to come between us and God. Us and our service to God. So today I question your passion for the one you claim you love. Today I want you to question your passion for the one that sacrificed his very life so that we, through faith in him, could have eternal life. The last thing I want to point out in this text the last thing I see, and I believe that when we're passionate about this, is that you give 
your all. When we are truly passionate about something, we give our all. It's more than sacrifice. Giving our all shows our commitment. Listen, let me, let me show you what I mean. In this story, in this account, after Jesus sits down with the 12, and notice there were 12 there. Jesus took the cup, explained to them that this cup was a new covenant in his blood. He then says something that puzzles me. It puzzles me because in all honesty and for the sake of total transparency, I don't know how I would have been able to do this. He says, behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And so Jesus, preparing to go and give his life, to shed his blood for all who were there, yet there was one who did not feel the same way. And not only did he not feel the same way, he was willing to betray our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But yet Jesus didn't excuse him. He didn't dismiss him. He didn't even call his name out here. I say that because I know there are so many of us who would have. I'm just being honest. There are so many of us who would have said, yes, I'm about to do this, but I can't do this with this one that's about to betray me. But when you're passionate about something, when you're passionate about someone, it does not matter because you give your all in spite of what you receive. Listen, you don't look for reciprocity. We don't love when we're loved back. And Jesus showed us that in that he was willing to die even for the one who would betray him. I think about our families, which many of us are passionate about and should be. And I think about, as I look back, all that I did and gave up for my family, my wife, my children. And I did it not because I wanted them to do it back. I did it because of my love, my adoration, and my commitment to them. Doesn't Jesus deserve the same? Shouldn't we, in appreciation and in love for what he did for us, shouldn't we also give our all to him? If we're truly passionate, we will. If we're truly passionate, there is nothing that can stand between us and Christ. When we're truly passionate, we, listen, listen, when we're truly passionate, we'll live through hurt feelings. We'll live through betrayal. We'll live and we'll continue on even though that love is not reciprocated 
from the one who we give. Jesus showed us this in this text. I want you to think about this today. After Jesus said, behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. Look at what he said in verse 23. That the disciples begin to question among themselves which of them it was who would do such a dastardly thing. So today, I want you to question among yourself. Are you willing to give your all? Question yourself. Am I giving up all for the cause of Christ? If you are, if you're not, why don't you make that decision today? The same way that Jesus was passionate for you and for me. Let us be passionate about him. Let us love one another as he loved. Let us care for one another as he cares for us. Let us commit everything we have to his cause. Above all, so that we too will show our love and our passion. And one day, because he promised, we'll be with him, fellowshipping forever in the presence of our Lord. Will you bow and close in prayer with me? Gracious and merciful God, again we come before you close of this message. Father, I pray now that hearts have been pricked and that right now all of us are asking the question, what is my passion? And Lord, I pray that if our passion is not Christ, that you will give us that passion that you will stir up in us a desire to live as Jesus has called us to live. That you will give us a desire to fellowship with one another. That you will give us the desire and the strength to sacrifice for one another. That you will give us the courage to give everything our all for the cause of our Savior. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your one and only Son to step out of eternity and into time, to give his life as a sacrifice, as a ransom for us. We thank you, Lord, that through his death, our debt has been paid. Most importantly, Lord, we thank you that death had no power over him. 
And that early on that third day morning, he rose with all power in his hand, reminding us that through our faith in him and his work and our profession of that faith, that we too can have and will have eternal life. Lord, we pray now for every ear and every heart that will hear this message. And that Lord, beginning today, we will live passionately for you. Bless now as only you can. Be with us now and always, we pray. It is in the mighty, matchless name of your son, Jesus. We pray and ask it all. Amen. Amen. Amen.